everybody and welcome to Pod Hard, a pod about movies that have action in it. My name is Jonas Högberg and in the other ring corner we find Anders Hultqvist. We are two uh, guys from Sweden who have been doing this uh, pod for quite some time now. But uh, all of a sudden, we got this idea that maybe we should seek out the international market <laughs> and do it in English. <laughs> yeah. is, it, uh, is it a folly? Is it uh, a grand, illustrious idea? Well, that's for us to know and you to find out. Or how do you say that? I don't know. I think we, m- we might have been quarantined in Swedish. Oh, yeah, that's how we, we put it, yeah. Um, so, Anders, what is pod hard? Uh, it's what you just described. No, but uh, <laughs> the, the idea is uh, <laughs> that we watch an action movie. We started out as a James Bond pod way back. Mm, yeah. I was so nervous that I had to drink a lot of whiskey, but we are recording this uh, a bit too early for me to doing that. Otherwise, I would have been drunk. Okay, Anders would have been plastered, yeah. I'll do my best to uh, to appear as drunk. No, but as uh, you can hear, we will we will absolutely drop some words and you know uh, falter and search for words, but uh, we'll we'll try and we'll see how we we'll go. Um, I think I had some idea of of uh, you being able to. Uh, you are out in your garden and planting a couple of flowers. And you have a, a strong urge to watch a James Bond movie. <laughs> okay. But you don't have the time. So you listen to us uh, describing the Bond movie for you. I, I don't know. I, I think that's a feeling everybody can relate to. You're out in your garden. You're, you're knackering about. Uh, and suddenly, oh man, James Bond. I, I, I got to watch James Bond now. But I can't because I'm out in the garden. What to do? Oh yeah, pod. Mm, pod, pod hard. hard. Uh, so yeah, we started out as uh, a James Bond uh, pod, but uh, when we inevitably uh, had seen all the James Bond movies, we sort of felt, this is fun, we should continue doing this and maybe do action movies. Uh, in general. Well, in general, yeah, yeah. So we've been doing that for like two or three years. But that's in the past, I guess. Now we are going to do a bit of an experiment moving forward. And what's that, Anders? So we're going to go to the past, actually. We're, we're going to trace uh, all of the action cinema uh, back to film's roots. I don't exactly know why, but it has been fun so far. <laughs> well, I, I think the idea was that we were going to trace um, action movie uh, history and how action movies have uh, developed throughout the ages and see what, uh, you know, what came first, uh, who was the first action movie star, um, why do action movies of today do these things. Oh, it's because of this. So it's sort of like uh, you're learning some history, but most of all, we're out here to have fun. So it's not going to be like all facts and no play. No, 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 no. We're all about play. But was it shocking to you that uh, action cinema was more or less uh, fully formed in the mid-1890s? 
<laughs> well, uh, yeah, definitely. Because, I mean, you and me have both um, been to uh, film history classes. And in those classes, we tend to learn a lot about, uh, you know, the Lumiere brothers, uh, the pioneers of cinema. But uh, in those movies, it's, ma it's mainly like uh, documentaries, uh, people looking at a train coming into a station and being all aghast by, oh my god, I'm watching a train coming towards me and it's scary, oh my god. But really, it was a lot of different things, early movies. And a lot of these things are actually action-packed to the max. So we go back even before actual cinema captured on celluloid, because the early, the early examples, I would say, are mostly... I guess technical achievements is kind of important to action cinema, uh, pushing tech, yeah. but, but mostly capturing movement and, and bodies in movement. So that's where we begin with, uh, in 1878, with uh, Zalier at a gallop, a horse uh, running. Yeah. Edward Muybridge uh, experiment in, in capturing the movement of a horse. And uh, yeah, it's like uh, pictures uh, after each other. So it's not uh, really like a movie, but it's like, uh, you know, when you're flipping through um, a notepad and have uh, done some drawings on it, uh, sort of like that. Um, and then they did some more experiments in the 80s. Uh, Funnily enough, they, they um, uh, took out a camera that they called a photographic gun, which uh, sort of appeals to us action aficionados. Um, that was real fun. And, yeah, from uh, the get-go, you're shooting movies. I mean, ah, fantastic, fantastic. I love it. There's something inherently aggressive about, about the design <laughs> of that, ca that camera. Oh, yeah, uh, it's fantastic. I mean, uh, cinema was action movie uh, from the get-go. That's great. That's great. So Muybridge continues to do some uh, studies in uh, how human bodies move. I think the first uh, shot on, on film is a bird flying or something. I think it's some animal movement as well. Etienne Jules-Marie recorded some fencing, which will be important uh, later on when we get to the swashbuckling era, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I guess, yeah. Uh, and, and now we're in 1890, I think, uh, with Escrime, uh, the movie about fencing. And uh, it's around this time that um, uh, Thomas Edison's uh, company starts experimenting with uh, movies. And I guess it's William Dixon that is like the big proprietor um, and the big inventor. Um, that is doing a lot of interesting He's things. He's quite early with remakes. <laughs> I, I watched his uh, early boxing movie where, where the boxers didn't even uh, start boxing. So I guess that was a failed experiment. So he did a remake of that one the year after, <laughs> 1894, where the guys actually connect. So, so we got an early boxing fight. Okay, well, that, that's great. He's evolving his style. Uh, so remakes are built into the film format uh, from the get-go. <laughs> and, you know, that's funny because uh, the year after that, he is doing a parody of his boxing movies with the boxing cats. Yeah, he goes the whole... <laughs> the whole nine yards. 
so yeah, it's it's a weird movie. They they have like uh, they're they're puppeteering two cats that has been um, that has two uh, small boxing gloves over their their paws, and they're tussling these cats uh, together in a small boxing ring with a judge looking in the middle at everything. It's super weird, and I guess this was um, a hoot for people in the 1890s. It seems to be, have been like quite a few cat movies early on. It's interesting uh, the parallel that, that cats were so important to early cinema as it's uh, quite important to internet as well. There's a lot of yeah, cats you know, going on. That's an interesting point. I was thinking a lot about how the early cinema really is like YouTube videos of today. It's people showing off their skills, um, doing acrobatics and uh, some music. Actually, we have the first uh, sound movies actually produced in 1895. And, you know, people may think that the sound wasn't introduced until 1927. But actually, um, Edison's company um, experimented with sound in 1894. That's unheard of. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, stay tuned in Podhard for a lot of weird dad jokes and stuff like that. It's going to be a hoot, I promise. I mean, Dixon, he, he saw that he could combine uh, boxing and cats. So, so yeah. And uh, his early franchise remake uh, thingy. But then he uh, delivers the first uh, real action cinema narrative uh, in 1894. The Chinese laundry scene. This is a... a strong uh, action feature we got uh, the setup where a guy throws a stool in the head of a police officer pretty violent stuff and then they start uh, running around in in revolving doors uh, he climbs up on top of the set and throws uh, a plank uh, on uh, on the cop yeah, and uh, there, it's the first movie, m- maybe, we, we can't be sure of that, of course, but I think it may be the first movie with an intentional frame drop, because um, uh, when the policeman is uh, out to kick the, the guy lying on the floor, there's a frame drop and the kick doesn't connect. Instead, the guy um, goes under a trap door into the big door uh, and escapes. And it's uh, it's very nice, um, you know, the impact of the frame drop. Um, and, you know, this is uh, a proponent of a lot of good action movies of today, where you, uh, when you want to connect with a fist, you usually cut away a, a, couple, of dro- a couple of frames to get the impact much more... Uh, faster and harder um, and uh, you know all, already here in 1895 I mean uh, Jackie Chan and Sammo Hung did a pretty good uh, refined version of this uh, vaudeville act in uh, Mr. Nice Guy running around indoors <laughs> yeah that's one of our favorite movies uh, actually uh, and uh, yeah that, uh, of course there's a lot of more doors in that and a lot of more players uh, you, you add around. a door per <laughs> decade <laughs> every decade yeah that's right <laughs> so that's like uh, what's that like 10 11 doors or something yeah uh, fantastic uh, yeah so you can see that already here in the Chinese laundry scene that um, uh, people are running about having a gay old time and experimenting with the movie magic. It's fantastic. 
And he's involved in these early colorization movies as well. Annabelle Serpentine Dance. There's there's a couple of them mm, where they yeah. colorize the dress when she dances. And dance movies are, are pre- seem pretty popular. Yeah, and uh, that will also be a proponent of our... Uh, when we're moving through action movie history. Um, we'll have something of, of that kind. I think we'll be watching uh, Singing in the Rain, at least. And it was popular to, uh, you know, uh, put in uh, famous persons as well. Uh, you had like a big bodybuilder, you know, uh, the precursor to Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, that stood and did bodybuilding poses. Uh, Sandon, I think his name was. Uh, and you had Annie Oakley. Uh, which was the Wild Western star from uh, Buffalo Bill's Western show uh, that uh, showed off her uh, sharpshooting skills. Um, So, you know, famous people were getting even more famous through uh, cinema. So uh, a bit later on, uh, we start to get a lot of Japanese uh, movies uh, showcasing, you know... uh, Japanese martial arts. One of these movies uh, is called... Um, it's, it's a kabuki um, performance, I guess. Uh, but it's uh, very well choreographed. I mean, it may be one of the earliest examples of choreography in movie. Uh, they're almost, you know, performing a dance rather than fighting with their um, spears. Yeah, there, there are a couple of these uh, uh, filmed by Constant Girel. I was he one of the one of these guys that uh, the Lumieres had sent out to record. Oh yeah, yeah, I think so. Things at different parts of the world. So there's not much Japanese movies that has survived uh, this early. These four are pretty fun to watch, and I, I like the Japanese sword fencing from 1897, which is uh, a very early. Many on many brawl, <laughs> where they basically just pile up. They go to town on each <laughs> but, other. <laughs> but it's got a a rawness that is interesting, and the one you're you're talking about is is quite funny. They bash each other with these sticks, and uh, ends with a guy pouring a bucket of water over himself, and lifting his sword to the sky. Must be some symbolism. I yeah. It makes you makes you wonder. Yeah, exactly. What was the water for? Um, maybe it was really hot that day. So George Melier has uh, showed up on screen doing some uh, trick filming and stuff. And you know, I'm guessing a lot of people know about George Melier. He was like uh, the big star of the early movies. Uh, the friend, a French superstar who made a lot of impressive sets. And a lot of comedy movies uh, where he used editing as a as an important tool uh, of uh, the movie. Um, and in uh, 1900, for example, he made a movie called Going to Bed Under Difficulties, uh, which I think is really funny still today. It's uh, <laughs> the, the plot is about a guy trying to go to bed, but for every... Um, clothing item he uh, takes off the camera uh, clips and suddenly he stands with the new clothes on so he he can't get uh, the clothes off and he's just getting more desperate and desperate as uh, time goes on it's uh, it's a hoot it's very well made but but more action oriented he <clears throat> predates that even with uh, the surrender of Tur- turnavos 
from 1897, mm. uh, which is a, a battle scene with the shootouts and uh, even features an explosion and stuff. Yeah, and, and he was... Uh, I, I can't quite understand why he was so mad about the moon. I mean, we've watched a, a couple of Melies movies uh, preparing for this pod, and like in at least three of them, there's, a, there's something about the moon uh, in that movie. Like, either the moon is a big uh, blob coming closer to the camera, it's a face, or like in his uh, most famous movie, The Voyage to the Moon... Uh, the moon gets a big rocket in its eye. So he has a, like a, a fetish for the moon and sort of deconstructing it. But uh, moving on, you really like this attack on a China mission from 1900, yeah? Yeah, it's just James Williamson comes out the gate firing all, all cylinders. I think it's a great scene set during the Boxer Rebellion in China. Yeah, I, I guess it was in his mind, I, th- I think he was making like a documentary scene but it's actually more like an action scene because there's a lot of things going on. There's people running in and, and uh, I mean, extras bonanza. There's like uh, 50 people or something running about shooting at each other and, uh, uh, you know, craziness evolves. It's a bit hard to tell who's shooting who, but, but it, it's all, it also uh, establishes a, a pretty clean uh, action narrative. We got the boxers who arrive through the gate aggressively and start shooting people up and uh, people running about and then this there's an army of sailors arriving that just seems to shoot up the whole place i think the house starts burning not all of this movie is um, intact uh, and another of your favorite movies is uh, an explosion of a motor car that came the same year 1900s and that's a really funny movie as well it's about uh, a car coming into and suddenly exploding. I don't know if it's meant to uh, run into a rock or something that is placed on the road. Uh, it's hard to see, actually. But all of a sudden, it explodes and <laughs> some sort of policeman comes in to see, hey, what, what happened? What was this? And then he looks up and, oh, something is coming down from the sky. Oh, oh my God! I should, I should get out of the way. And then all of a sudden, you know, uh, body parts starts raining down on this scene. It's, uh, it's sort of like a Peter Jackson splatter movie. All of a sudden, I, I like that the policeman starts collecting the body parts and uh, yeah. <laughs> p- pile them up. Yeah, that's very good. Yeah, but the title and. Uh, the incident i mean it's called explosion of a motor car and there's an explosion of a motor car mm, yeah it's, it seems like an early action movie that knows what it's uh, doing it knows what it's about yeah for sure we we jumped ahead a bit there's some earlier uh, war depictions that uh, that are interesting and i i thought uh, alice guy's uh, surprise attack on a house at daybreak while also pretty chaotic, uh, ha- has some merits from 1898. The, t- the train has arrived at 1896 ni- <laughs> as well. So there's a lot of s- these actualities, of, uh, things arriving at different stations. Yeah, so Melie, he has another one that is um, more, maybe more interesting from an action perspective, I think. The fat and lean wrestling match from 1900. I mean, this is a masterpiece in in 
wrestling, brawl, uh, choreography and trick filming. I mean, they tear each other apart, they rebuild, they flatten each other and uh, they tear out uh, women from their bodies. Uh, and it, it also hints at uh, being a never-ending cycle of, of violence and uh, magic. Yeah, it's uh, it's really funny. And I mean, Melier is uh, really, really funny, actually, uh, in a lot of these movies. When he tries to make movies that are more dramatic, I think he fails a bit because... Maybe maybe it was a grand stuff at in that age, but I think nowadays you can't watch that stuff without being truly, truly bored. Uh, but uh, things like Fat and Lean Wrestling Match from 1901 is, uh, is actually quite funny uh, today. We're only in it for the action, so... Yeah, yeah. I mean, people start experimenting with the narrative here and telling a story through continuous shots. In, in the early 1900. And uh, you can see that as either a good thing or a bad thing. I mean, uh, these early action vehicles, they, they just go by by uh, movement and the spectacular violence and explosions. Mm. Porter arrives with the great train robbery. I mean, I guess many people see this as the first action movie. Mm, yeah, definitely. Because it does some uh, technical achievements. But we have proven them wrong. There's earlier actions. In yeah, that. maybe it was the first uh, movie to combine a lot of these things uh, in the same uh, flick. And it tells a story in, in another way. It's, uh, and it has some camera moves, some pans and tilts. And it also features uh, what seems to be the first official use of a stunt double or credited uh, stunt double, Frank Hannaway. Yeah, that's important. I mean, it's not it's not a, a fantastic movie by, by today's standards, but uh, you know, it's interesting at least. I really like these uh, jump cuts they do in these early movies when in in these when they beat each other up. Uh, I like uh, in a daring daylight burglary from 1903 uh, from uh, Frank S. Mothershaw. Uh, they they have a brutal brawl at on top of a uh, roof, and then they just jump cut to him throwing a doll off off the roof, and they do this in Train Robber as well, but just uh, switch to a doll and throw it off the train. I like the it's it's so um, quick, and uh, while you see the the cut and that they switch it to a doll, it gets visceral and brutal by never cutting away. I think it works uh, really well. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, s 65 years later, Monty Python would use this as comedy, uh, you know, throwing uh, dolls out of buildings. Um, but uh, here and now, it's, uh, it's drama. <laughs> We're moving on a bit, going into the 1900s here. And uh, there's a movie that maybe features the re first, you know, real action movie hero. Most stuff we've been watching uh, up to this point follows the bad guys uh, trying to get away and cops chasing after and justice prevails. Uh, the movie is called The Dude and the Burglars from 1903. And uh, 
well, he's quite a dude, all right. I mean, it, it really established uh, this uh, suave, hard-boiled hero. I mean, he doesn't give a damn. That's fantastic. I'm, I'm watching the movie right now, and... Um, I ha- oh, oh, oh. It's quite brutal, you know. Uh, the bad guy is coming in trying to strangle a woman, but the dude just casually <laughs> pulls out a gun and, oh no, you won't. And the woman has fainted on his shoulder uh, while he <laughs> sort of just uh, points his gun at different people. Oh yeah, and then he pulls out something from the gun. The gun wasn't real. It was like uh, a bang flag that comes out of the gun. But he shoots another gun at first. Oh yeah, he switches guns. I think he shoots a guy in the leg <laughs> and then he switches. <laughs> That's so weird. He's so, But he's so cool about it. Yeah. So it's his coolness that we um, take with us, uh, you know, for for action movie history. Sadly, the the woman in peril is established oh, quite yeah. early as an action cinematrope. Yeah. Uh, which to this day uh, prevails. I do wish we had come a bit further in that regard. Well, it, it's only really nowadays nowadays that. Uh, you know the women are getting um, other roles than mere merely being like uh, the foil no we're gonna watch these uh, train movies uh, the the hazards of helen uh, later on in the 1914 1918 somewhere on that uh, we'll get back to that but we get the early female action heroes Erase everything I said. <laughs> yeah, so uh, in 1905 we have a movie called The Polite Lunatic, uh, which is a really funny comedy movie. Uh, and it's made by one of your uh, favorites <laughs> of this era, I guess. Yeah, he seems like the, the big uh, action guy here early. James Williamson, who made The, the Big Swallow in 1901. And, uh, of course, uh, my favorite... <laughs> What's it called? <laughs> Attack on China Mission. He he did that one as well. Yeah, but that was more action oriented. This movie is more about uh, a guy being, uh, well, he thinks he's someone else, a lunatic, and be- is being chased by a perfectly normal guy actually. And the chase scene, uh, well, it sort of reminded <laughs> me of the chase scene in, um, I think it's Casino Royale, the Bond movie. Where they're they're <laughs> they're climbing these uh, construction uh, building uh, sites and uh, well, it's actually quite uh <laughs> it's both uh, it's both comedy and uh, both um, action. I mean, uh, there there was a bunch of chase movies. I I've seen quite a few. I I think Williamson has a little uh, crisper editing in his chases slightly tighter many are like up to 10 people chasing one guy and everyone has to be allowed to pass the camera and then the camera lingers on and film a couple of people that doesn't have anything with anything to do and then the chase goes on uh, Williamson cuts to the chase. He cuts to the chase. The first time anyone cuts to the chase. Oh yeah, that's perfect. I don't know about if it's the first time, but it's uh, it's notable. He was a proponent of cutting to the chase. Let's leave it at that, I guess. I mean, he do he does an actuality later on. I don't know why he stopped doing narrative work, but uh, he he just films a guy who does uh, jumps from a bicycle down in water. Yeah, yeah. 
mm. and it seems to be filmed from different angles and this it, it has a pretty fast editing pattern uh, so you can actually see a development uh, from the 1890s where everything was stationary and now we're starting to move the camera about and getting a bit of a snappier edit as well. So that's interesting that you can actually trace the um, development of cin cinema uh, so clearly. Yeah, I just get the ship in that Melier did a couple of pretty big... Uh set pieces in uh, the adventurous automobile trip which uh, otherwise is quite boring but uh, you have a car that come jumping over a roof and uh, uh, smashes a train that explodes and stuff so pretty big uh, set pieces this is the summer blockbuster early <laughs> <laughs> early Michael Bay movies I'd say Williamson probably is closer to Michael Bay with the, the crisp uh, editing yeah wouldn't you say um, this, this is more like um, what's he what's uh, that uh, th those cat <laughs> catastrophe movies oh uh, Emmerich you mean Emmerich yeah yeah mm, okay Okay, yeah, 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 sure. So we have uh, <laughs> early proponents for Emmerich and uh, Michael Bay. That's fantastic already. And you get this uh, in 1905 as well, the police chasing scorching auto, which sounds exciting, but uh, isn't very much so. I think it was made from <laughs> leftovers from a cop's day or life or what it was called. But uh, it's... Uh, it's a pretty slow chase, uh, but it, the camera seems to be mounted on a car that follows the chase. Mm. So, so we got this movement uh, inwards uh, in depth in screen. Oh, yeah. Mm. It has been done earlier on a couple of train movies, but uh, I, haven't, I have seen one of those. But, but that inward mo movement seems pretty interesting. And uh, it's a lot, you, you uh, said this earlier, but it's a lot of chase movies uh, in the 1900s. And uh, you have uh, pulled out a couple of great examples here. Um, among these, uh, a movie called La Course à Poitrons from Romeo Bossetti in 1908. And I mean, this is slapstick comedy. It's uh, great chases. Uh, it's a lot of edits and, uh, you know, pumpkins rolling down through hills uh, in, a in a small city. Uh, people getting hit by pumpkins, pumpkins <laughs> magically jumping over fences. Uh, oh, with people jumping over fences as well. Oh man, this movie has everything. <laughs> I mean, uh, there's some missing stunt work and pratfalls in this one. I mean, everyone topples over almost every uh, cut in this one. Yeah, this is like early Buster Keaton stuff. Uh... I don't know uh, about a donkey there dragging along, but there's <laughs> utter chaos in this yeah. one. Yeah, why do they need the, the donkey to follow everything? Yeah, I really like this one, the pumpkin race, and uh, Alice Guy. Uh, the race for the sausage was pretty good as well. Uh, there's a dog stealing sausage, and it's uh, everyone is uh, falling over in almost every shot. Really great pratfalls. But she actually adds a um, pillow fight mm. uh, into the chase. They just run by and have a fast, intense pillow fight. I think pillow fights, I, I noticed a couple of those when I went through movies as well. So she incorporates the pillow fight into the chase, which was quite interesting. And she got um, a stroller that is getting run 
over by a train. Oh, <laughs> yeah, early, um, early, I don't know. Action-packed. Uh, very action-packked. Yeah, another sh- good chase film was The Policeman's Little Rum, La Cour de Sergeant de Ville. Pardon my French. <laughs> uh, yeah. My French is uh, up there. A bit rusty, with I my think. English. No, it's even worse. <laughs> From Ferdinand Seca. I really like that one because it it's also one of those uh, cut to the chase movies where not every goddamn cop has to pass through the frame. And it all also had early <laughs> Batman TV show uh, wall climbing. You know, when, when the wall is oh, on the yeah, floor yeah, yeah. and they, they just uh, flop about climbing up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty good stuff. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, uh, every stunt that you may have thought, oh, yeah, that's really clever. It was actually done uh, 70, 80 years earlier. Yeah, it's all done before we hit uh, 1907. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and maybe maybe the last movie we'll we'll talk about uh, in this episode is uh, Boxing Fever, directed by A. E. Colby, which is uh, <laughs> well. I mean, it starts out like some kind of early tournament movie, and a guy wins a boxing match and goes totally bonkers. Yeah, he goes out on the street and beat people up left to right. It's a really yeah, it's a fight movie. Uh, Combined with uh, a chase movie, because everybody gives chase, of course, when they get beat up. There's lots, lots of fights, and that uh, end scene has to be seen to be believed. There's a, a text at first uh, says uh, three hours later, and uh, the boxer has stopped fighting and uh, goes to a bar and gets really drunk. And when he gets home, he at first he starts to fight himself. But then his uh, wife gets up and they have an outright brawl. Pretty good fight. Vicious. Yeah, I want to see a Scott Adkins remake of this one. Throwing it out there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Make <Scott>. it happen. <laughs> yeah. I, I really wanted uh, to see uh, the first Chinese film ever made from 1905. Ding Jun Shan. A recording of a Peking opera, but it it was destroyed in a fire in the late 40s. We have a samurai movie as well. Miyamoto Musashi's Subjugation of the Lustful Old Man. <laughs> Good title. <laughs> I haven't found this. I think it's the first Miyamoto Musashi film. I think he is beating up a, some kind of monkey or something in this one. Okay. Uh, I'm guessing a real monkey. <laughs> no, I think it's more of a, a demon. Uh, okay, a demon monkey. Okay, a demon monkey. I think he goes around beating up demons. Yeah, and around this time, also the first uh, western was conceived. I mean, you you could uh, argue that uh, the Great Train Robber is the first uh, western, but uh, a lot of the stuff that we uh, associate with westerns was actually conceived in Life of a Cowboy. Um, which also, I think, may be lost. Uh, at least uh, we couldn't find it. I mean, a lot of these movies that we're talking about, uh, you can watch on YouTube, of course, because um, there's no copyright or anything. Um, but also, a lot of these old silent movies are gone. Um, 
I mean, the, they, they, they were filmed on these nitrate movies, which were extremely flammable. And a lot of these things went up in smoke. And I mean, a lot of Japanese movies, uh, for sure. I think they, have a, they had a, a great fire in Tokyo in uh, the 20s, where a lot of early Japanese silent movie history was, uh, you know, erased. Um, and, uh, well, uh, so <laughs> what sort of lessons have we learned from early movie history, would you say, Anders? Oh, did you see that one, uh, How to Stop a Motor Car, about learning lessons? How to Stop a, m- a Motor Car? Yeah. <laughs> There's a cop trying to stop a car. He yeah. gets run over mm-hmm. and just explodes in pieces. <laughs> yeah. Stop motion reanimates or combine again, which seems popular. And pretty cool. Runs to an old uh, fart uh, cop <laughs> who shows that you stop a car with your ass. Ah, okay. So, yeah. So that's, that's our lesson for today. How to stop a moving car with your ass. Okay. Um, so in our next episode of uh, Pod Hard Action Movie History Bonanza Craze, um, we'll be looking at the... I think 1910s. Let's see if we um, do the entire decade or if we want to uh, narrow it down a bit. But we'll be, uh, you know. So uh, I'm hoping we'll be getting into Hollywood movies uh, next episode. Because uh, a lot of the movie studios that were conceived in the um, uh, in the 1900s uh, moved out to uh, Los Angeles in around 1910 i think so that's when uh, the big blockbusters really took off um yeah so uh this has been uh, interesting podding in english do you even say that podding is that a word podcast parting yeah We're, we've been parting all night all day all this hour <laughs> Man, I don't know what I'm saying, but uh, I do know it is. It's always a blast uh, talking to you, Anders, about action movies. Let's keep doing that like forever, man.